episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. On today's episode, I'm joined by three guests to talk about a recent deal in the grocery space. In July, private equity firm HKW announced that its portfolio company, Fresh Direct Produce, had acquired a company called Mike and Mike's. After reading about that deal, I reached out to the team to see if they'd be willing to come onto the podcast to talk more about it, and they were game. So I'm thrilled to say that today I'm joined by two members of the HKW team, John Carcello and Tom Shaw, along with the president and co-founder of Fresh Direct Produce, Davis Young. Thank you all for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Katie. We appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you. So, John, I, I want to start by asking you to give us a little bit more background. Can you talk about Mike and Mike's, what it does, where it's based, and, and why it was an attractive target for Fresh Direct? Sure. At a high level, uh, Mike and Mike's is a organic distributor of fruits and vegetables, primarily serving the Ontario market. Uh, business has been around for about 15 years, originally founded uh, by the Mike's, Mike Fronte and Mike Detoli. You know, as we looked at the business from HKW's perspective, there was really a lot of the same themes here that got us excited uh, as the themes that were present with Fresh Direct when we partnered with Davis and team in in 2018. You had a, um, I'll say, recession-resistant food business that was tied into all the things that Tom and I look for when we're we're looking at health and wellness investments, better-for-you foods, clean label, a business that was tied into healthy snacking trends, which are growing both in the U.S. and Canada. So you had all of those themes present with Mike and Mike's. And then beyond that, with with this business specifically, you had a talented and experienced management team in Mike Detoli and Mike Fronte that Davis and his team knew and had a tremendous amount of respect for. And then beyond that, you had um, a business that over the last 15 or so years had really developed a, a who's who's list of, of customers in that Ontario market. And then on the supply side, just very unique and strong uh, growing relationships, which is essential in uh, produce distribution. So all those things kind of factored together is what, what got us excited here. And I wanted to get into a little bit about what it looked like to close a deal during a pandemic. Can you talk about the timing of this acquisition? Was it already underway prior to the COVID outbreak? Sure. Happy to speak to that. And um, Tom Shaw, who who really was instrumental and, and really led this deal day to day. Tom, feel free to chime in here. But, but basically, the, the short answer to your question, uh, Katie, is yes, it was underway uh, prior to the pandemic. And really the the background here is, you know, we started talking informally to Mike and Mike, probably in the back half of 2019. And, and, you know, Davis and his team, again, were familiar with Mike and Mike. And so that always helps that having that kind of that mutual respect and that, that relationship when you're trying to put a deal together. So we started talking infrequently last year, and then eventually Mike and Mike went ahead and hired an advisor. Uh, and really, uh, we then formalized discussions and, and really started uh, kicking off due diligence and, and got into that post letter of intent phase first quarter of 2020. And then ultimately, we were able to close it uh, really at the end of, of the second uh, quarter 
Um, look, the vast majority of our on-site diligence was done prior to the pandemic, which really, really helped, especially when you have a U.S. sponsor involved in the travel restrictions that were put in place. But again, kudos to Tom, to Davis, and, and everyone really that was working on this deal to get a little creative uh, towards the end, do a little bit more remotely, uh, lenders included, and really allowed us to, to get this over the finish line when Look, the market's still very soft right now, um, you know, but we had an awful lot of conviction about the opportunity. Davis and team have done a great job and the other acquisitions that we've done and, and built up tremendous credibility with us. And so, you know, despite the pandemic headwinds and all the uncertainty, uh, we got a little creative towards the end with due diligence and, and um, you know, made the decision to go ahead and get it closed right at the very end of June. Uh, Tom Shaw, is there anything else that you might want to add to that? I, I would just add, you know, fortunately, this this industry and and you know the retail exposure that these businesses had held up well in the pandemic. So you know, I think it was helpful that we were monitoring the performance and and both Davis and his team at Fresh Direct and Mike and Mike uh, did a tremendous job keeping workers safe, keeping operations moving, and and keeping the business performance up through uh, through the uncertain times, which helped get to a close as well. I'm curious about the. The travel restrictions and, you know, HKW is, is based in Indianapolis. These are uh, Canadian businesses. How was travel impacted and, and did that pose a challenge as you were trying to complete this? Yeah, like, like John said, fortunately, both Fresh Direct and HKW had been on site, which is a key part of our process. And it, given the partnership approach, uh, you know, that in-person meeting and, and making sure there's that cultural fit is important. So um, having that in-person work done gave us comfort to move forward. Typically, we would be back on site in person and also um, some of our third-party diligence would be back in person. But given, especially given the the U.S. to Canada travel for HKW, just weren't sure when that might open up. And, you know, we were excited about the opportunity and, and wanted to complete the uh, the transaction. So decided to move forward with the digital diligence strategy. Probably the most challenging piece from, from a, a diligence standpoint was operations and food safety, you know, typically a site visit and, and really seeing the facility close up is important. We, we held it via video conference and actually we're, we're really happy with the efficiency and also just the quality um, and having that video that we were able to share more broadly with the team. You know, I think we had more involvement than we would have had in person. You know, John also alluded to financing. That was certainly a very uncertain part of the deal. Fortunately, we had a very supportive lender group that was constructive despite it being a difficult lender market, supported the platform wonderfully, stuck with us through due diligence. And, um, you know, fortunately, we got to a good outcome with, with the lenders in relatively the same spot that we had been expecting pre-COVID. And Davis, I want to turn to you for a minute. Fresh Direct and Mike and Mike's are both in the grocery space, which is one of the industries to see growth this year. How have things gone for these two companies and were there any challenges that they had to overcome? I'm thinking, you know, related to supply chain or social distancing precautions, employee safety, those types of things. Sure. Yeah. In the early phase of the pandemic, um, both Mike and Mike's and Fresh Direct have experienced a drastic increase in demand and uh, a much higher sales volume. It's definitely a bit of panic buying and 
you know, we 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 all <laughs> remember at the time that toilet paper is a as <laughs> a valuable uh, you know asset at that time. Um, so we 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 have since returned more to normal, which is a high double digit uh, uh, growth. Uh, for both companies, and um, I would say now also with people cooking more at home, and you know, like trying to have a healthier diet, like so fresh produce uh, sales and demand is still very robust. So we we've been very fortunate in in the industry that I would say uh, probably not as much affected with the uh, with the current uh, situation. However, there's still challenges. I mean, one of the most obvious example is looking at the logistics.、Uh, there are some air cargo cancellations, less planes on the air, and also some delay in、uh, uh, sea containers because of COVID. So, for for that part of business, like we definitely see some、um, negative impact. However,、uh, it's very small portion of both our business.、Um, it's just. Our product mix and our business model is really based on a very diverse、uh, base of product that we source from over 35 countries, and we carry over a thousand skills of both conventional and organic products. So,、uh, in that sense, again, we are able to、um, manage that through、uh, with different uh, uh, sourcing origins and、uh, different product mix that we currently carry. So, still getting some robust growth. On the preventive measure side, I mean, in the early days,、uh, like since very early stage of the pandemic,、uh, we formed a,、um, a response team, which meet daily in the in the first few weeks, and then now we are meeting weekly to really try to enhance everything we can do to protect the health and safety of the staff, as well as、uh, continuing on with the business, supplying with customers with fresh produce, which is is important and、uh, required as an essential services and product for. Um, all the customers and and the people we do business with, I'm I'm happy to say that you know we have no disruptions、uh, throughout the entire、uh, period of、uh, you know last four or five months, and we're able to deliver pretty much daily to all the customers from、uh, BC to Alberta、uh, to the Perriers and now into Ontario,、um, which we I'm I'm really、uh, grateful for the work and the team that has done to main, maintaining a. A really safe、uh, workplace, and also being creative in having staggered shift for the operations team, so that we don't have people kind of working at the same time, just in case something happened. And for the office staff, for most part, we we're able to、uh, stagger and work from home with you know rotations, and so that people could be in the office for one day or two days. And、uh, so we learn a ton through this time, like many other companies, and we really look at this、uh, challenge as an opportunity for learning, really getting our setup infrastructure to. To be、uh, better for the future、uh, development, as we see, this is probably going to be a new normal、um, that we have to deal with.、Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in the business's trajectory even before COVID began. You know, Fresh Direct. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- I think I read it's been around for 15 years and grown over that period from 11 people and two trucks to over 220 people and a fleet of 26 trucks.、Um, so, what's what's been the biggest driver behind that growth and expansion? Yeah, there, there, there. I would say two key drivers. The first is definitely the demographic shifts in Canada,、uh, being the one of the key drivers of the increased demand of ethnic and specialty items, which is one of the core strengths of Fresh Direct,、um, and we've been building that strength、um, since the early days. So today in Canada, I mean, we have over fifty percent of visible minority population in Vancouver and Toronto, and this number of immigration population has grown from less than ten percent in nineteen ninety one. 
to 25% today in all of Canada. So this is from Statistics Canada. We have you know, 37 million people in Canada and we don't expect this immigration policy to change anytime soon because we need to have the, the, um, the, the, the people to you know, continue on with the productivity to make sure that we, we hit those GDP growth numbers. And, um, and we also monitor this type of um, kind of immigration uh, closely in terms of what are the largest influx of populations coming into Canada. So we know from the fact that South Asians, Chinese, Filipinos have been the largest uh, immigrant group the last few years. So by monitoring the, the trends and the demographics in different major cities in Canada, we were able to craft our strategies, you know, to go to market strategies and partner with companies and vendors that can best provide those products. And, and that's one of the reasons we, we partner with Mike and Mike's. We see the opportunity of building a national uh, platform for both organics and ethnic uh, product uh, being a, a leading supplier for that uh, categories across the country. And we have been approached by uh, national uh, retailers and regional retailers to come to us and say, we really like um, the service and the product mix that you offer and all the value added services. But uh, one of the challenges is we are only in BC in the beginning and then we moved to Alberta and, and there's a great demand for a national uh, uh, distributor to be able to offer that type of service. So um, yeah, definitely the, uh, the, the demographic is important, but also the ability to offer that variety of product from so many different places and able to offer it in a manner that the customers want, uh, I would say is kind of differentiating us from others. Hmm. And how would you characterize the Canadian grocery market compared with that in the United States? Yeah, I mean, the, the most obvious uh, thing that we look at is the size of the market. In the U.S., is is 10 times bigger than Canada, and there's a lot uh, bigger players than larger retailers, and is a much more, I would say, a diverse marketplace. In Canada, we relatively have only a few larger uh, national distributors or national retailers. And especially with some of the M&A activities in the retail side for the past five, 10 years, uh, really, we only down to a handful of really big, larger uh, retail um, uh, chain stores in Canada. And what that means is they, they, they require a different type of uh, supply chain uh, vendors that are able to offer the services and products to them, not just in each province, but nationally, so that it make it easier for them to offer something uh, unique at the same time and standardized for, for their customers. So I think that is one distinct uh, difference. Um, the other things is on the supply side, we have also a very fragmented, I would say, a distribution farmer wholesalers um, uh, market in Canada. So in each region, we may have a few larger distributors, but there's not many in the national uh, scale. So pretty much there's a little bit of gap and disconnect between the, I would say, the vendor side and the customer side. And what we are trying to accomplish here as Fresh Direct with HKW is to build out this national platform as quickly as we can to so that we can really service the customers properly because we feel there's a void and there's a gap that is not being met in this uh, current marketplace. I know that Canada has been a, a target market for HKW for some time. Uh, so, John, I, I wonder what effect you think COVID will have on U.S.-based investors' interest in Canadian businesses. I'm thinking of you know, they've managed to to manage their public health crisis a lot better than we have here in the U.S. And so I'm, I'm curious if that makes the Canadian market more enticing from an investment standpoint and if that's an area we should expect to see more 
M&A activity. You know, to your point, you know, Canada has been a, a target market for HKW. Uh, and, and Fresh Direct is a great example. We, we acquired that business in December of 2018, and we've done three Canadian add-on acquisitions in, in the 18 months that we've owned it. So very proud of that track record. But, um, you know, as a firm, we've done over a dozen acquisitions in Canada since we started going up there really in 2010. So about a, a decade we've been investing up there. And it's really a testament to uh, Ryan Grant and our, and our business development team that makes an awful lot of, uh, you know, foot traffic up in that Canadian market. But, you know, as it relates to COVID and, and the back half of your question, you know, in all honesty, I'm not sure it, it changes things a whole bunch from, from my perspective. I think in the short term, you know, Canada will continue to be a stable market for, you know, U.S. and, and other kind of worldwide investment. I think longer term, it'll be, you know, steadily growing. And, and I think there's a few different factors that are driving that. I think clearly the private equity world is becoming, you know, more globalized. And then beyond that, you have in Canada, a very strong community of, of senior lenders and just, you know, strong lenders overall. Uh, you got relatively low geopolitical risk as well. And then you've got, um, yes, it's smaller than, than the U.S. market to Davis's point, but you've got an awful lot of good managers and, and you know, well-run companies uh, like Fresh Direct. Uh, so I, I expect it to continue to be an area of focus. Uh, and again, I think that's, that's um, you know, irrespective of COVID, I, I expect it to be, you know, a stable to, to growing market in the longer term. All right, great. We'll leave it there. John, Tom, and Davis, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thanks again for having us, Katie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play, where you can listen to past episodes and hear the next episode in two weeks. While you're there, we'd love if you could rate the show and leave a review to help other listeners find out about us. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the podcast, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Please email them to editor at acg.org. I'd also encourage you to check out our website, middlemarketgrowth.org, for more content covering the middle market, private capital investment, and trends in middle market M&A.